Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Day by day! Hey, you're listening to Rock Andor Roll. I'm BJ. This is the beginning of a new idea I had. I'm calling it Day by Day. And we're going to make our way through a band's discography, day by day, up to the point where my record collection stops. The idea is to take a band that has a lot of albums and release an episode per day, one for each album. We're talking 15 to 30 minute episodes. And if people like it, I'll keep doing it. I'm going to start with the band that kind of inspired the idea, Uriah Heep. I had never really done a deep dive into this band. I had all the records, but I really only knew a few of them very well. And I had pulled them out one day because I decided I was going to listen to them in order. And that's when I had the thought, why not do this for the podcast? So we're going to go through the Uriah Heep catalog together. And like I said... If these episodes are popular, I'll keep doing it. Maybe we'll do Nazareth next, or Blue Oyster Cult, or Whitesnake, or Y&T, or Sparks, Thin Lizzy, ACDC, UFO, hell, even Weezer. I'll keep doing these if you keep listening. So, this is the first episode of Day by Day Uriah Heep, and we're going to talk about their first album. In the UK, it was called Very Evy, Very Umble. And in the United States, it was self-titled, and it had a different cover, depending on which country you purchased it in, but we'll get to that. As for the band Uriah Heep, their origins go back to 1967, when 19-year-old guitarist Mick Box formed a band called Hogwash. And they started playing in the local clubs and pubs, and when their singer left, the drummer, Roger Penlington, suggested his cousin David Garrick as a replacement. So Mick Box and David Garrick formed a songwriting partnership, and they had higher aspirations than the rest of the band, quit their day jobs, and decided to go professional and formed a new band together called Spice. And at that point, David Garrick adopted the surname Byron and became David Byron. They found a drummer named Alex Napier. After he answered an ad, they put in a music paper, and they recruited bassist Paul Newton from a band called The Gods. And they signed a deal with United Artists in 1968 to release a single. Go, Bessie! 
So Spice were originally managed by bassist Paul Newton's father, and they worked their way up until they were actually playing the marquee and signed with a manager named Jerry Braun, and Jerry Braun got them a deal with Vertigo Records. It was at about this point when they had a manager and a record deal and were about to start recording an album that bassist Paul Newton's former bandmate in The Gods, keyboardist Ken Hensley, joined the band. And it was about this point when Hensley joined the band that they changed the name from Spice to Uriah Heep. Now, the name Uriah Heep comes from the Charles Dickens novel David Copperfield. Uriah Heep is basically the villain of the novel. When the pony chaise stopped at the door and my eyes were intent upon the house, I saw a cadaverous face appear at a small window on the ground floor in a little round tower that formed one side of the house and quickly disappear. The low arched door then opened and the face came out. It was quite as cadaverous as it had looked in the window, though in the grain of it there was that tinge of red which is sometimes to be observed in the skins of red-haired people. It belonged to a red-haired person, a youth of fifteen, as I take it now, but looking much older, whose hair was cropped as close as the closest stubble, who had hardly any eyebrows and no eyelashes, and eyes of a red-brown so unsheltered and unshaded that I remember wondering how he went to sleep. He was high-shouldered and bony, dressed in decent black with a white wisp of a neckcloth buttoned up to the throat, and had a long, lank, skeleton hand, which particularly attracted my attention as he stood at the pony's head, rubbing his chin with it, and looking up at us in the chaise. "'Is Mr. Wickfield at home, Uriah Heep?' said my aunt. "'Mr. Wickfield's at home, ma'am,' said Uriah Heep. "'If you'll please to walk in there,' pointing with his long hand to the room he meant. Here's a description of the Heap character from an article in The Guardian. Heap's infamy is undoubted. He says one thing and means another. He takes employment and shelter in the house of Mr. Wickfield, a good man, and he does everything he can to destroy him, to take over his business and to force his daughter into his bed. He is cloying, jerking, and writhing. He is dishonest, cruel, and above all, greedy. Heap is an affront not just because he is evil, but because he's society's fault, our fault. He is the part of us that enjoys flattery, that likes to hear the word yes loud and often, and doesn't mind feeling superior to other people. He's our guilty conscience, as well as a criminal in his own right. Interesting character to name your band after. Anyways, with the addition of Ken Hensley, Uriah Heep decided to widen their sound. As Mick Box recalled, we'd actually recorded half the first album when we decided that keyboards would be good for our sound. I was a big Vanilla Fudge fan, with their Hammond organ and searing guitar on top, and we had David's high vibrato vocals anyway, so that's how we decided to shape it. As for Ken Hensley, quote, I saw a lot of potential in the group to do something very different. Very Heavy, Very Humble, the debut album from Uriah Heep, was released in 1970. The album's title is a reference to the Dickens character, Uriah Heep, who describes himself as very humble in the book. Ken Hensley actually did not contribute very much to the songwriting. Most of the songs for the first album were written by Mick Box and David Byron. 
The album came out in June of 1970, released by Vertigo in the UK, and the original UK album cover is a photo of David Byron, the singer, but he's pretty unrecognizable. He looks like a cobweb-encrusted corpse. The album came out in August 1970 in the U.S., released by Mercury Records, with a different cover. The cover in the U.S. was a pen-and-ink drawing by artist Virgil Finley. A centipede-type monster kind of looks like a dragon to me. Finley was an American pulp fantasy, science fiction, and horror illustrator, and he was famous for his pen-and-ink drawings using cross-hatching and scratchboard techniques. So the lineup for the first album was David Byron on lead vocals, Ken Hensley on keyboards, Mick Box on lead guitar, Paul Newton on bass guitar, Alex Napier on drums, even though a couple other drummers performed on the album, Nigel Olson and Keith Baker, and a keyboardist named Colin Wood played on a couple of the songs as well. And the record was produced by manager Jerry Braun. So the first Uriah Heep album kicks off with a song called Gypsy. Gypsy is a cool, heavy song, especially for 1970. It eventually feels a bit repetitive, but it's a very cool song. It's a little too long at almost seven minutes, but it's a great start to the record. And it's interesting that instead of Gypsies being ostracized in the song, the protagonist of the song seems to be ostracized by the Gypsies, but he can't forget about his Gypsy Queen. Second song on the album, Walking in Your Shadow, written by David Byron and bassist Paul Newton, is a decent song, has a nice melody. I'm walking in your shadow ever since 
third song on side one is a pretty acoustic song called Come Away Melinda. The song features a primitive use of stereo with the vocals switching sides. Track four on the album, last song on side one, is a song called Lucy Blues. Very boring blues song in my opinion. And in the US, the record company made the right decision, took this song off the album and replaced it with a new song recorded with Ken Hensley called Bird of Prey. And that's a great song, but it will be on the next album. Hey Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon. 
And the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds. A nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell ya, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> Oh, yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great, too. Plus, I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Turning the record over, Side 2 opens with a song called Dream Mare with lyrics like grinning demons smiling sideways laughing in my face. The intro is too long, but it's a cool song when it kicks in. Heavy guitar, not much of a melody. The chorus is just la 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 la, gets to be very repetitive. Up next, second song on side two, Real Turned On. Cool riff, but again, a repetitive song with not really much in terms of a chorus.
Third song on side two, I'll Keep On Trying. The song makes an attempt at being atmospheric, has a big arrangement, but it doesn't really click. has a primitive feel. You know, back in 1970, rock bands were still trying to figure this kind of shit out and uh, how to incorporate all of these various styles and influences and make it work. They're just kind of putting a lot of different things together here and just really figuring it out. And at this point, doesn't really come together. Last song on the album, Very Heavy, Very Humble by Uriah Heep from 1970. Their first album is called Wake Up, parentheses, Set Your Sights. I don't know what the hell this is. There's like big band and swing elements. It's just, it's really terrible. It's as generic and boring as its competition for the worst song on the album, Lucy Blues, which was the last song on side one. I would say this is the worst song on the album. It's just a mess. So the best song on this record is definitely the first song, Gypsy, with its heavy riffs, cool guitar licks, has a very ominous feel, pretty much has all the elements of early heavy metal or proto-metal, so it's a very cool song. Not a great album, but you know, this is the very beginning for this kind of music, and as I said, they're, they're working it out, they're figuring it out, and Gypsy is definitely a good sign of things to come. All right, so keep a lookout tomorrow for the next episode in Day by Day Uriah Heap about their second album, Salisbury.
achieve the American dream, the big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom is dead. My mom is right there. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.